Hey everyone, I'm Holden Sherman from Miles of Sports Podcast. Today we're here with Mile 39. I just want to talk about the Heat Celtics Game 6. I want to talk about what to look forward to for tonight's Game 7. And I also want to talk about my prediction for the game. And what winning and losing will mean for both these teams. So I want to first talk about the Heat. I thought Miami in Game 6 was closing out very slow and not effectively a lot of the time. If Boston was knocking down more of their shots... It would have hurt them a ton. But the good thing for them is the Celtics only shot 33% from three. Also, something that I've noticed with this team is that they reflect Jimmy Butler's attitude, especially in this series. You look at game one and game six, two games that they won. Jimmy Butler had great games. The team followed. You look at game three, the other game that they won. They were playing great in the first half and kind of that competitive will that... Jimmy Butler carries with this team and himself when he plays was on display when they were able to still narrowly beat the Celtics when Butler was not able to play the second half. This whole team is banged up, but they play with a ton of heart. And something that I like about this team is that not only do they have a ton of champions and veterans who've been on long playoff runs, but they have players who won championships and had finals runs with different teams. You've got all the members from the Heat team from the 2020 bubble run. You also have Kyle Lowry on his Raptors run, and he's been on many deep playoff runs before. You also have P.J. Tucker on his Milwaukee Bucks playoff run last year to win the championship, and he was also on a ton of teams with the Houston Rockets that went very far in the playoffs. And then you also have Markeith Morris and Udonis Haslam. They don't play as much, but they also know what it takes to win championships as they all they both have been on championship teams and they also play contributing roles in that uh, team's championship run. But no matter what to me, whether he get destroyed tonight, whether they go on to win the finals, you need a second star who's going to be a more reliable scorer. Bradley Beal, Tyler Harrow trade maybe, or trying to get Donovan Mitchell. It's just because Bam Adebayo and Tyler Harrow aren't cutting it for me. And that's the first person I want to talk about. Bam Adebayo, and he needs to step the fuck up. He only has 18 points since game four against the Sixers. He only, excuse me, he only has 18 points or more once since game four against the Sixers. To me, that's that's not cutting it. For the player he, he is and the player who's averaged 19 points in the regular season, this isn't cutting it for me. We know Bam can be good. We've had so many times where we've seen it. The bubble, he was just tremendous. You know, your one good game was when Robert Williams didn't play in game three. I, I don't care. That, that's, that's not acceptable to me. You can't be getting paid what he's getting played to play that poorly. And he's that dominant pace force that can take pressure off Jimmy. And he's not doing it. And he also had four turnovers. If I'm the Heat, I'm not trading him even to get a second star, but I'm definitely trying to get him in the gym and him to work on a mid-range shot that he already has to an extent. And I'm also trying to get him to get a three-point shot. Because that's going to make it easier for him to to be more aggressive because the defense is going to have to play him more honest. And now I want to talk about Jimmy Butler, the best player on this Heat team, and to me can be the best player on a championship finals winning team. We've already seen him be the best player on a finals team. But wow, man. Am I that surprised? Not really. The only surprising thing was that he was four for eight from three. But that's not even that surprising considering the fact that, you know, he's just... He's just a ball player. He, he's, he's, just, he's just a competitor. The toughness that he played with while he's clearly hurt, 
he's never been the most talented player in the NBA, but he may have the best will. He played the most minutes and the most time in this game as he played 45 minutes and 57 seconds. He had 17 points in the fourth quarter. And a lead passing, too. Like, mentally, he's locked in as well. He had eight assists with only one turnover. He was very smart with the ball, especially on the fast break. He was making a lot of great decisions. He was also making a lot of fun spin moves and just had a ton of nice moves. I hope he doesn't wear out in Game 7. Just It would it would just really stink to see as the series hasn't been the best so far. And Game 6 was really great. And I just want to see a good game. And the conference finals uh, schedule just kind of pisses me off a lot. It makes no fucking sense. In, game, in rounds one and two, the teams and the games have more breaks between um, each matchup. But in, in the conference finals, the round before the finals, you know, it's every other night. They did that last year in the conference finals as well. It, it pissed me off. It makes no sense. Now I want to talk about Kyle Lowry, who was just sensational. The big shots he made, like when he tied the game at 97 with a big three-pointer as the shot clock was ending. It, it was just tremendous. This is the type of game from Larry where if you look at the box score, you're going to say, oh, only 5 for 14. But no, his impact was definitely felt. He had a double-double as well, and he just made some great passes, especially the ones that he had to Max Struess in the third quarter. They were just excellent, especially as the one um, that set Struess up for the big three he made, which was very impressive. Yeah, and just efficiency my ass. Like, Larry, his presence... The comfort that he brings because he knows what it takes to win a championship. It, it's just something that this Miami team is very fortunate to have. Now I want to talk about Victor Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, and Max Struess, which they all stepped up and contributed offensively. P.J. and Struess, they knocked down their threes after they both struggled to make shots in games four and five. And I just love what Victor Oladipo brings to this Miami team with his ability to create off the dribble. He's not a second star, unfortunately. He could have been a couple years ago, but injuries have derailed his career, which is really sad to see. But he definitely can be like a spark plug off the bench, kind of like a Lou Williams type player, where he'll just come in and he'll give you a, a couple nice baskets that are really needed. He only had nine points, but he had a step back three and he had a floater, which I thought were really big to this Heat team. And for the Heat to win in game seven tonight, not only are they going to need Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry to step up, but you're going to need Bam to step up and give you four to nine, I'd say more eh, more seven to eight made paint baskets and get to the line a couple times. You're going to need P.J. Tucker and Max Struess to both knock down multiple threes. You're going to need Victor Oladipo to come in here and just bring good energy. If he gives you seven points, but they're all big seven points, that that's great. But overall, I just think this Heat team needs to give Jimmy Butler the ability to kind of rest while he's playing. If he has to go to the basket every time, that's very tiring for for uh, for a star player. And they just add it every time. And that's why you've seen Luka Doncic wear out in these playoffs. And that's why, you know, the Mavs have a limit right now. And why those James Harden teams with Houston had a limit. Because he would just wear out. So you really need to see Jimmy Butler get a lot of help. And he can do it. This team... They have a lot of good three-point shooters. They have players who can step up in different ways. Miami just needs to do it. Now I want to talk about the Celtics. They're just so inconsistent all the time. They've played like the better team for the entirety of the series, it feels like. But it's tied 3-3 because they just have quarters where they're just terrible. The defense? The defense is tremendous, but you know they have mental lapses sometimes. And tonight, they need this game for multiple reasons. They're kind of in this weird dilemma, in my opinion. 
no matter what happens, I don't blow it up because they just had such a great season ever since the calendar turned to 2022. But at the same time, this will be the third time with your core of Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Jason Tatum. You go to the conference finals and you don't win. And it would be the second time that you blew a 3-2 lead when you when, when, when you definitely had a good chance to win. So it, they're just in a strange spot. It's just because Ime Udoka, the culture change that he's able to, um, uh, he, he's been able to create in this team has just been tremendous and really uh, changed the, the tone of this team, especially after how poor they played in last season and how they only got the seventh seed. But I think there's a big, big game for them tonight. Jason Tatum. Obviously, he shot very well as he shot 9 for 12, and he was 8 for 8 from the free throw line, and he had 30 points. But why the fuck are you only shooting 12 times in a game where your team has a chance to go to the finals? That's the least shots he's taking in a game all postseason, and he was fourth in team shots. That's not okay. One shot in the fourth quarter? Like, if you're that star player, if you're a top 10 player, if you're that player who gave your team 46 points in a must-win game six on the road against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning champions and you only take 12 shots in a game at home that you can close out, that makes me a little bit concerned. Now, Tatum has stepped up very mightily and very big time this postseason after he's had poor games, so I'm confident he'll show up, but at the same time, I'm a little bit concerned. And the one thing I'm definitely concerned about, even if he scores well, is the turnovers. Not okay. In his last seven playoff games, he has five or more turnovers in five of them. Both times he had under five, the Celtics have won. You know, you can't have seven turnover games. Like, that can be the difference in a series. If Jason Tatum didn't have those seven turnovers in game one versus Miami, maybe the series is already over. But I just, that just was not acceptable to me. But now, to Jalen Brown, I thought he played well. I loved how he played in the second quarter, especially getting to the basket aggressively. He had nine points in the second quarter. I don't expect as much from him as I do from Tatum. So only 20 points is okay for me because he is the second star and he took care of the basketball with zero turnovers and he also had three steals. What I like about Jalen Brown is he, he, I mean, he just, he can get hot and I, and I, I like that. Um, and he can also defend well. He's kind of like a younger Paul George to me and he was definitely playing that role very well with his efficiency and his defense in game six. Derek White, his second straight game, he was excellent, especially huge in the fourth quarter. And it's good compensation if Marcus Smart is going to shoot so horrible that it feels like he's trying to sell Boston an opportunity to get to the finals for the first time since 2010. I love this move. I love the move that the Celtics made at the deadline, giving up a first-round pick because you're assuming it's going to be a bad one and because you're trying to go all in. I love this move, and he's also under contract for the years coming, so I like that as well. I think he can create, and I think he has a lot of potential um, to be an even better player and be a better scorer. I think Mark Jackson was saying it, or if it was Van Gundy, but I think it was early in the series, and I really like this. They were saying on the broadcast that Derek White is the type of player who's really good, but he doesn't realize how good he is. I, I agree with that analysis. I love his size, and you know he makes big shots. Like in this fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter in game six, he made a, he made a big three. He also had a good floater. Um, that was an and one, I believe. He he's a good player, and I think he just kind of needs to be more um, empowered. And I think he's starting to learn that and recognize that. Now we got to talk about the Celtics bigs. Time Lord Robert Williams. He was just excellent catching lobs, and he's been super efficient on offense throughout this series. On defense, he.
he's part of the reason why Bam is, is playing poorly. Now, I don't want to put that all on Robert Williams. I also just think Bam is just not being aggressive. But he's definitely a big part of that, as he should be. But it's also due to how good um, his shot blocking has been as well. You know, he has blocked um, multiple shots um, in not only every game he's played in this series, but also in his last eight playoff games, which is just absolutely tremendous. The Celtics, when he got hurt in late March, they were concerned for a reason because he, he was an all-NBA second-team defender. So for him to be there, it definitely plays a big impact. And also, it makes Jimmy Butler's life more difficult. It makes every Miami player who's driving to the basket's life much more difficult knowing that you have Robert Williams um, trying to defend you. And it also makes your life difficult if you're shooting threes. If you remember in game five, he was just blocking three-point shots that felt like left and right. Now I want to talk about Al Horford. Very up and down. I like that he's shooting the ball. It's just that he's not making enough shots. Imagine he had knocked down that three to get the game to five with 90 seconds left. That could have changed the outcome of the game. It would have been 104 to 102. Boston would have had more momentum, but instead he missed the shot. And Miami went on to win. Jimmy Butler made some big shots down the stretch there too. It's just, he's just been, he's been part of the reason why the Celtics are so inconsistent. He'll have 21 game and he'll look like five years ago, Al Horford, like his first stint with the Celtics. And then he'll just have horrible games where he looks like 76ers Al Horford. He needs to be very consistent tonight. I want to see him shoot a lot of threes though too, because if he goes out to the three point line, that really limits how good Bam Adebayo can be on defense because then Bam has to pay more attention to what Al Horford is doing as opposed to Jason Tatum driving to the basket or Jalen Brown driving to the basket. So I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Now I want to talk about who I think is going to win this game. And I'm going to stay with the team that I picked to win this series to start in the same amount of games. I'm going with the Miami Heat to win this series tonight. Like I did predict, I predicted Miami in seven and this is what I've got. And a couple things for Miami. I'm not concerned if Tyler Harrow doesn't play. One, because they won last game without him. And two, he just hasn't been playing well when he's been playing. So his impact has been very limited. And I think overall in this series, and I said it to start it, Jimmy Butler is the best player in this series. And I'm a big believer that in game sevens, if you have the best player, you're definitely at an advantage. But not only do the Heat, to me, have the best player, they're also at home. They also have more experience. Now, Boston, they have they definitely have to think about that game seven that they played three years ago, four years ago, excuse me, versus LeBron. But this Miami team, they've got players who have been in such crucial games. Both Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry were in that famous game seven in 2019, the Sixers versus the Raptors. P.J. Tucker, he was in that big game seven last year versus the, uh, the Nets and Bucks. He also was in... Uh, the Houston Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors Game 7 in the 2018 Conference Finals Western Conference. So this team overall, they know what it takes and they also all have their own touch of what it takes to win these types of big games. And I think overall, I just, I, it's it's also take integrity. I, I did pick Miami to start the series and I, I'm, I'm rolling with that. But I also think with Miami, they just got to have someone to step up. Their Their identity is very strong. And they're, they're at home. And I, I think a team this uh, experienced in these spots and this talented isn't going to blow um, in a, a chance to get to the finals for the second time in, in three years. And with Boston, I think they're a little young. And I just, I, I can't trust them enough to be consistent when they need to be. 
as a result of how how they played in game six, which makes me strongly feel that. But it's definitely going to be an exciting game. It stinks to hear that Mike Breen has COVID because he's just such a, a great play-by-play uh, -play announcer. But I'm definitely excited for tonight. And I think everyone who watches is definitely going to appreciate it. I'm Holden Sherman from Miles of Sports Podcast. And today on Mile 39, I gave my analysis of the Heat Celtics Game 6 and my prediction for tonight's Game 7. I hope everyone watches the game tonight and talk to everyone next time on Mile 40.